following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. When we talk about wholeheartedness, there is a um, pitfall. There's something we need to be very careful of. Peter, before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, in those three years that he walked with Jesus, was very focused on his wholeheartedness. And he kept getting himself in trouble because of his wholeheartedness. And it isn't even that it wasn't sincere. It just was, here's the way Jesus put it. You're thinking like a man instead of like God. Remember when Jesus was trying to under, began to unfold to the, to the team that he's going to be going to the cross. And wholehearted Peter said, oh no, not on my watch. And that's the place where Jesus had to say to Peter, Satan, get behind me. You are savoring the things of man, not the things of God. And there was a few other times when Peter just, in his exuberance and in his wholeheartedness, messed up. The Apostle John, on the other hand, had a different perspective. His focus was not on his wholeheartedness toward God. His focus was on God's wholeheartedness toward him. And so he, he, he uh, said things like, and he said it kind of incognito or tried to, but any scholar could figure out he was talking about himself. But he referred to himself not as the disciple that loved Jesus, but as the disciple that Jesus loved. It is a pitfall to talk about our wholeheartedness if we lose sight of the fact of the wholeheartedness of God. The real focus is the wholeheartedness of God. I was so uh, thankful for the worship this morning because all three songs that we sang talked about His heart toward us, not our heart toward Him. I remember Don Fotenhauer used to come uh, and, and visit, and he, he, he told me one time, he said, I enjoy your worship because most often it is not about how much you love God, it's about how much God loves you. See, that is the key to wholeheartedness, is to recognize, we could say it this way, we, the Bible says it this way, we love Him because He first loved us. We could say, I am wholehearted toward God because He's so wholehearted toward me. I can't help it. 
In fact, the whole Old Testament, and we, we, we don't understand it, but the whole Old Testament was God convincing the people of his wholeheartedness toward them. And it didn't come across that way. He invited them up onto the mountain with him. Do you realize that Moses had an encounter with God on the mountain and said, Hey, call the people on up. And they said, No. And so he comes up with another way to be able to spend time with his people with the establishment of the tabernacle and eventually the temple. It was God's wholehearted desire to live with man. He didn't set up a tabernacle and the temple for a place to visit. It was his dwelling place. See, in the Old Testament, he had asked the question. He said this, he said, the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool, but where, and, I, and when I read that, I hear his yearning in it, but where, where's my place of habitation? Where can I live? Where can I be with my people? And so he established the tabernacle in the wilderness and eventually the temple, and it was the dwelling place of God. So that he could be among his people. And because of the sinfulness of man and the holiness of God, there had to be the curtain and the division and all the ceremonial washings. But it was all about the wholeheartedness of God toward his people. That's what it was all about. He gets so misunderstood all, all throughout that time. But it's about the wholeheartedness. Now, David understood this. I believe that's why God eventually said, that man, that rascal David, and you know, you know, he was a rascal. And yet God says, that man is after my heart. That man has a wholeheartedness about him. But he understood that the wholeheartedness of God toward him stirred something within him toward God. We can put out a word. By the way, this is a good series. I'm not knocking the series or the topic. I'm just helping us to understand. We can put that word wholehearted and we can immediately feel like well okay I'm not going to measure up <laughs> I appreciated the message that Max preached last week excellent message and you remember he said that the language of heaven is obedience. And that's really the desire, that is what God wants. But obedience has an enemy. And it's a word that starts with S. And it's not sin. 
No, there's another word that gets in the way of wholeheartedness. Let's turn in our Bibles. By the way, before we get into this too far, I just want to comment on what's going on throughout the globe right now with smatterings of the moving of the Spirit of God. What you're seeing in real time, whether you're catching it on Facebook or however, you're, you know, from your favorite minister voice online or whatever, but what you're seeing I believe, is the wholeheartedness of God toward his people. And it's just being poured out here and there. Asbury, different colleges, different nations. Just, just, and it it is God. And he's just going about the business of surprise being God. And he's, he's putting on display his wholeheartedness. I appreciated what Renee said, I think, a couple weeks ago when she talked about hunger. There is a hunger that we can have, but there is a hunger for God that comes from God. And I believe he is pouring that out in many places right now, and I believe he will continue to. I can read to you what I wrote down that I felt he said to me concerning what is going on in various places. He encouraged me that the Spirit of God is moving sovereignly, and he said, watch, listen, and say little. Don't try to explain it or name it. Don't try to develop a formula of how it is happening. Let God be God on the earth as you carry out your assignment. Did you know you don't have to know everything? And did you know you don't have to fix everything? You don't have to understand everything. You don't have to explain everything. I don't know if you've caught this yet, but the planet is huge. And sometimes we get so caught up in what's, especially in the day in which we live, where anything can go on anywhere in the globe, and we can catch glimpses of it, and we get so caught up in what's going on out there, that we lose our wholehearted devotion to what he's called us to right here. Do you know, see, one of the pitfalls of wholeheartedness, especially if I begin to measure my wholeheartedness toward God, is what the Bible calls comparing ourselves among ourselves. And so I begin to compare myself to you to see if I look as wholehearted as you are. 
Or we begin to compare ourselves to a move of the Spirit that's happening somewhere, and we, 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 we can be shaken if it doesn't appear to be as awesome as what we're experiencing. Instead of recognizing that God is God and He's doing what He's doing there as well as here. Well, let's read a scripture so we're officially preaching. Psalm chapter 51. And this is uh, the writing of David after he's been caught with his hand in the cookie jar, so to speak. And the Nathan, prophet Nathan has uh, let him know that he is aware of his sin with Bathsheba and he's not happy about it. God or Nathan, neither one of them were very happy. And so David, in his brokenness, he writes, but he writes a truth that we need to understand in verse 14. Through 17. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart, these, O oh God, you will not despise. David had come to understand that it isn't about sacrifice. I believe he learned it from his predecessor, Saul. Let me read to you an encounter that Saul has with the prophet Samuel. And this is when King Saul had gone to war with the Amorites and spared King Agag, Agag and some of the sheep and some of the goats and all of that and had not done what he was told to do. And Samuel said, has the Lord, you don't have this, but Mandy, and I'm not spending much time here. As the Lord, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as he does in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed the fat of rams. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. And we, one of the pitfalls is to measure wholeheartedness by our sacrifice. I know there's a time of fasting coming up. And you know what I would do if I were you? I would ask the Lord what you should do. And I would not, I'm going to say this carefully, but I'm going to say it. I would not fast out of sacrifice. I would fast out of obedience. I've tried both ways. Oh, there is a grace when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing out of obedience. 
And I'm not saying you can't get some mileage out of gritting your teeth. And, and, <laughs> but I, I, I will always encourage you to err on the side of obedience. I want to show you something. How many of you remember last week Max's demonstration with the glass? That was so good. Mary Alice, were you the one that carried it around? <laughs> was that you? I thought it was. We, were, we watched it online. You look good online, by the way. <laughs> Would you want to help us again this morning? Good. Yeah. And for those of you who weren't here, and Max did a splendid job, go ahead. You made it easier. Oh, well, I'm not done. I was wondering about that. Max is... I haven't even moved and he's already changed. Yeah, you're just trying to defend yourself now. <laughs> for those of you who weren't here, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, Max's point was so good, and that is... If, if we're given an assignment, she's been given an assignment, her assignment is to go ahead and carry this glass and not spill. That's her assignment. And his point was, look how focused she is on what she's doing. Excuse me. Would you carry this, please? This needs to be carried. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, by the way, could you empty the trash? The trash needs to be emptied. I'm sorry. No, it needs There's to be. Something. There's such a need. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, not right now. Anyway, yeah. This is probably delivered now. Yeah, you got it. She figured it out. <laughs> Listen to me. In our pursuit of obedience, there is so many opportunities, and, if God, and people will give them to you, the opportunity to sacrifice. And then you really look wholehearted. You look so good in all your sacrifice and in all your busyness and in all your scurrying around like a squirrel. Do you realize that if you get caught up in a rat race, if you win, you're just simply the number one rat? And we just need to realize obedience is greater than sacrifice. And sometimes we just need to do what we've been given to do. I'm going to teach you all a new word. And pastor, pastors sometimes don't like this word, but I'm going to teach it to you anyway. No. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you get to receive the first fruits of what you give yourself to. You do. But he fills it again. And you still need to keep your eye on what he's given you to do. So David understood 
this whole thing of sacrifice versus obedience. And he also understood, and he t we touched on it in the scripture out of Psalm 51, that there, there are things in life that we go through that help us uh, be wholehearted because we're brokenhearted. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, It is doubtful that God can use any man until he's wounded him deeply. And at first listen, that might sound like, Ooh. But the reality is that we go through things in life and we need to understand that they produce in us or can and should and will if we allow it. Uh, the things that we go through in life will produce in us a wholeheartedness because we're soft-hearted. Remember what the, the prophet said when we, uh, they that are born again, was take out the heart of stone and you're given a heart of flesh. Your hard-heartedness is removed and soft-heartedness is added to us. I'm always uh, amazed in my own life, but also in the lives of others that I've observed, that how soft we can become in the presence of God. Have you ever wondered why a group of gals comes back from a woman's retreat or a group of guys comes back from a men's retreat? And it's just there's just something different about the Sunday service that week. And the difference is there's a room full of, or an accumulation of soft-hearted people, tenderness. My prayer for my life since I got saved was, Lord, make me more tender. Because I can be really hard. But the presence of God and the life of God and the things we walk through create within us a wholeheartedness. So as I said, the whole, the whole focus of the Old Testament really was to show the wholehearted devotion of God toward his creation, you and I. The New Testament just takes it further with the, with the entrance of the character, the person of Jesus Christ. He came to reveal the wholehearted nature of God. But he also came to establish and to answer the question once and for all, the heavens are my throne, the earth is my footstool, but where's my place of habitation? And Jesus came to create a place of habitation for God in you and in me. Isn't that amazing? And our response then to that is a wholehearted devotion to a God who is holy 
heart is devoted to us. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. See, I believe that Jesus came for two reasons. I mean, probably more than two. That let, let, Let's just say it this way. Not only did Jesus come to reveal what, it, what his father looked like toward us, but he came to reveal what a person, a human being, what our devotion and our wholeheartedness could look like toward God. So he came to reveal God to man, but he also came to reveal what a man of God looks like. And so in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, the Apostle Paul writing, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. Let's stop right there. Many times, I want to suggest that part of what drove Peter to be so focused on his wholeheartedness toward God was he was thinking about his reputation. You say, well, I don't know. Well, don't forget, all the disciples got in an argument about which one of them would be considered the greatest. So don't go there with me. <laughs> and we can be very, in, in our pursuit of being wholehearted, and even in our pursuit of taking on sacrifices just because, and let me be clear. We need to know what to say yes to as well as what to say no to. But many times it's a, we, we can be so focused on wholeheartedness that we're concerned about our reputation. We can be so focused on wanting what we want for our church because we want a certain reputation for our church. Instead of resting in what God has called us to do and to be. I appreciated something that Max said. And I don't remember exactly how he said it. But he said, basically, whatever God has called you to do, do it. Be obedient. I want to uh, speak to those of you. I just need my phone. I want to speak to those of you, I just have a quote in here. Somewhere. I want to speak to those of you who are housewives. I want to speak to those of you who are stay-at-home moms or you go to work, doesn't matter. I want to speak to those of you who work a job out there. 
When it comes to wholeheartedness, we can feel like what we do has no value or is somehow there's a difference between that which is sacred and that which is secular. And if you don't hear anything else that, you, that I say today, hear this. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> the devil wants you to believe that what God has called you to do is somehow second rate or you're a second class citizen in the kingdom of God because you're not, I don't even know what. I guess a word I hate, full-time minister. Yuck. You are a full-time minister. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he is resident within you and you carry him with him and you are obedient to do what he tells you to do. And if he tells you to get up at six and go to work in the morning, I would do it. I did it for years. I even did it for a while while pastoring. So see how wholehearted I am? <laughs> Come on. I said that for a reason. Here's what A.W. Tozer said. It is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular, but rather why he does it. The reason with which you do what you do. What did Paul write? Whatsoever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all as unto the Lord. That's wholeheartedness. If you're changing dirty diapers at home, that's wholeheartedness. If you don't think so, let's form a line. Who wants? Come on. No, it is. And we need to understand that. And we need to be careful that we don't get so silly with our spirituality. Everything we give ourselves to is spiritual because we're spiritual. Because that's true, we have to be very careful what we do give ourselves to. Because we are wide open spirits. We're alive. So he made himself of no reputation. This, I believe, is a pattern for a wholeheartedness. Taking on the form of a bondservant, I appreciate the message of sonship, but it's good for us to know that we're also sons who serve. Those of us who are leaders ought to be servant leaders. Servants first, leaders secondary. And sometimes we serve best by leading. But many times we lead best by serving. 
taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. There's that word, obedience. To the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and those in heaven and earth and those on the earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more, now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to do or to will and to do his good pleasure. It is God who works in you both to will to do and to do his good pleasure. It is God who works in you both to will to do and to do his good pleasure. We can look at people and the assignment they have, and we can say, wow. That's wholeheartedness. We need to understand a principle, I believe, that the Apostle Paul understood very well, and he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And when, don't forget that, when you see a person, let's use Max as an example, wonderful man of God. God is using him mightily, but I know he would be the first to say, I am what I am by the grace of God. And it is God, it is God who has called him to will to do and then to do his good pleasure. We can't get caught up in this whole pursuit of wholeheartedness, of comparing ourselves among ourselves, unless you want to f totally put yourself in that person's situation, that person's shoes, that person's assignment, everything. We can look at the Apostle Paul and we can say, oh, I couldn't have done that. Yes, you could have. Yes, you could have. You would have. He was, he, he was no different than you. The thing that made him different than you was the call and the gift and the grace that was on his life to do what he had done. We need to know that. We need to understand that. Otherwise, we get into the whole thing in the discussion of wholeheartedness, of comparing ourselves among ourselves, instead of just being obedient with what God has given us to do. And being obedient with both the will to do and the to do. It's not of works. Paul writes in another place, lest any man should boast. And so as we, and, and as we move forward into th this month and maybe beyond of just talking about this whole thing of wholeheartedness, let us keep in mind that it is a grace of God working in our life that allows us to be who we are.
Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you.